All right, let's do this. If you have a Bible or a Bible app, go ahead and get those out. And uh, let's get into some stuff. Hope you come ready. Ready to hear from God. Ready to receive from the Lord. Go ahead and roll it. Now, I started a new series last week called Getting Over It, teaching about how to live an overcoming life. If you're able to identify any it's in your life that need overcomed, then then you are in the right place at the right time. And I venture to say that's all of us at some point. And even if it's not right now, it would uh, be wisdom to be prepared for any potential obstacle that heads our way in the future so we learn how to not go under it, but go over it. Come on, not get beat up by it, not just survive it, but thrive and go over it with a smile, a little bit of laughter on the inside, amen? And so uh, I want to begin today, uh, and, and then you have your Bible, I didn't tell you a place to go. You can go to 2 Chronicles 16 and hold it, 2 Chronicles 16. Uh, there, are t- there are two verses that I've used frequently through my life in the New Testament that are just great things to believe, to say, to proclaim. And they are these two verses. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 57, which reads, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So what, what you do with that verse is you put it right after any problem that you're dealing with. Why? It's because it starts with a but, right? Huh? Whenever you have a problem, don't let it be a period, an explanation point, you know, no finality with the issue, but a comma and then a but. Amen. This is good practice for all of us to learn. Yeah, we got this thing, got this hardship, got this trouble, got this mountain to get over. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. The bills are mounting high. The pressure is on. Come on. Their evil report has come in from multiple ways. But thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Come on. Is that your declaration? If not, I'd encourage you, read this, meditate on it, say it again and again until it comes bubbling out of you anytime there's something staring you down. Amen. Now, now, victory, according to this, is a gift. It's a gift from God. When it's a gift, that doesn't mean you, you don't have to be good enough to get it. <laughs> you don't have to perform long enough, and then the Lord will give you victory. It is a gift from God. Victorious, we could say, is a godly description of his family. He doesn't call us defeated. He doesn't call us losers. He doesn't think of us in that manner, but he looks at you and looks at me and says, that's my people, that's my church. Those are my kids and they are the victorious ones. Amen, amen. And so give God thanks for uh, that he has given you the victory. Say, well, I'm praying for the victory. Start with this. Thanks be unto God who... who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ, it's really something that has already been granted to us. Yeah. And then the second one is 2 Corinthians 2.14. 
Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Don't you love that? What does he do for us? He always leads us in triumph. Yeah, it's like a fragrance. The knowledge of Christ's victory, the knowledge of salvation, the the knowledge of Satan's utter defeat comes through us like a fragrance. Yeah, so how can I put that, 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 that smell on? Can I put that cologne on? By saying it, by saying, thanks be to God who always leads me in triumph. Amen. Again, follow any negative event. Follow any uh, insurmountable, what appears insurmountable obstacle or mountain or challenge in your life. Follow it up with, now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. Come on. He's not leading you into defeat. He's not leading us into failure. If I follow him, I'm not going to end up in the gutter. Right. He leads me out of the guttermost into the uttermost. Yeah. He's the one who lifts us up and puts us on a higher place, on higher ground. And he always causes us to triumph. Amen. Amen. Come on. Would you use those verses? Are they useful to you? And you may have been using them already, but I want to recommend you get them so deeply ingrained in you that whenever obstacles or challenges or pressure comes like a wet sponge, whatever's in that sponge comes out. And it's not, ah, <laughs> but it's, but thanks be unto God who always causes me to triumph. Come on. Is that you? That's me too. Now, uh, last week I began to uh, explain and, and explain express and elaborate on the, the very foundational truth that God must be our source, that we must look to him in order to gain uh, what he offers or what he can do or what he wants to do. Uh, we read Psalm 121 verses 1 and 2, which, which say, I will lift up my eyes to the hills From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And so that mentality is foundational. The starting point of an overcoming, living an overcoming life, is to tap into the source of your solution. All right? God is never our problem, but he is always our answer. And so if we learn to look to him and teach ourselves, if you will, train ourselves to look to him first and only, quickly look to the Lord as the source, then we're on a sure footing to overcome and to get over things that come our way. It's kind of like if you drive a car uh, that runs on gas Where should you go if you are low on gas? (laughs) You ought to go to the gas station. Amen. What did you learn in church today? Where to get my gas? No, but that's logical. We all do that. We know if you need gas, go to the gas station. If you need clothes, go to a clothing store, right? If you need victory, run to God. He gives us the victory. Yeah? 
If someone is needing of groceries and they keep going to Best Buy and sit at home complaining why, why, and say, there's nothing to eat around here. Why don't we ever have any food? You're going to the wrong store. Yeah. Yeah. If you want groceries, you know where to get them. And this is one of our problems is we sit around, why isn't this working? Why is this so hard? Why is this so difficult? What store are you going to? In other words, what is the source of the thing that, that you're expecting to put you over the top? Amen. Amen. Maybe you've seen that meme. Uh, and this is, uh, uh, so, someone sent this to me, actually. But it, it was a certain uh, political figure who lives. <laughs> <laughs> and he, and he, anyway, he's, he said, He's, he's, he's in the car looking, I'll have a, uh, I forget, like a cheeseburger and, and fries. And they said, sir, this is the car wash. <laughs> <laughs> now you know which political figure it was. <laughs> You're at the car wash. Okay. You don't get burgers there. All right. And if we want victory, come on. We know where our help comes from. We know he is our answer. I want you to look with me at, at, at 2 Chronicles chapter 16. 2 Chronicles chapter 16. And let me give you just a little background. We want to look at a guy whose, whose name is Asa, A-S-A, King Asa of Judah. I believe he was the third king in the, in the line of kings of Judah. Remember, Israel was, uh, there was a split kingdom. There was Israel and then, and then the kingdom of Judah. Now, Asa was, is described in the Bible as a godly king, because not all of them were. He was a good one. He was a godly king. He made many right decisions and right choices and had some godly leadership. But there were also some mistakes he made and some things he did wrong, and those are also written down for our, our benefit so we can see you know, what to do and what not to do. And, uh, and Asa had some... You know, leading a nation at, at times was in conflict with other nations. There's, it is written about him how he would trust the Lord. He would look to the Lord and God would send deliverance and deliver him from great armies. Okay. But then there was a situation where uh, Israel to the north was coming against Judah. And so King Asa at this time, instead of looking to the Lord, he decided to hire the, uh, the Syrians. So he bribed, he paid off the king of Syria to come break treaty with Israel so they would be able to overcome them together. And this was a problem. This was a problem. God had a problem with this. He had a problem with him looking to the king of Syria instead of him. It, it, it seems when, when we read this that God takes some of these things personally. That, that when people don't look to him, his own people who should know better, that it bugs him. Say, so does the Lord get bugged? Yeah. Well, yeah. You, scriptures tell us, even the New Testament, that he can be grieved. Yeah. And so 2 Chronicles chapter 16, beginning in verse 7, and at that time, Hanani the seer, the seer is a prophet, came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, because you have relied on the king of Syria... And have not relied on the Lord your God. Therefore, the army of the king of Syria has escaped from your hand. 
Were the Ethiopians and the Lubim not a huge army with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. For, now this is the explanation now. He said, that works. It worked for you. You relied on him. And so God came through. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong. Let's stop there for a moment. Notice what God wants to do. He's looking. He's scanning. He's looking at the whole earth. What is he looking for? Well, he'll, he'll, we'll read that. But he wants to show himself strong for people. He wants to be your help. He wants to be your deliverer. Wants to be the one who provides. Wants to be the one that holds back evil from your life. He wants to, you don't have to talk God into doing good things for you. It is his idea. If you're struggling with something, you don't have to convince him. Don't say, please God, please God, please God, I'm begging you, just help me with this. That, that is a zero faith prayer. That's a desperation prayer. Say, but aren't we supposed to be desperate? No. Just because it's in a song doesn't mean it's true. <laughs> no, we're supposed to have faith in that God is who he says he is. We should come before him boldly. Yeah? But God wants to help. He wants to deliver. He wants to set free. He wants to strengthen. He wants to provide. He, th that's his business. That's what he does. And so he's looking. He said, where can, where can I do this today? Where can I do like God stuff? Where can I come through and show myself strong? And I want to help people. So he's looking for opportunities. Say, well, he's God. He can do it for whomever he wants. No, he can't. That is not how the kingdom of God works. These verses would not be here if he's just going to do it according to his own desire. But he's looking, looking for opportunity, looking for people. Okay, now what verse? Verse 9. Looking through the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. So that's what he's looking for. Heart loyalty. In this... Now back to Asa again, remember? In this, you have done foolishly. Therefore, from now on, you shall have wars. Then Asa was angry with the seer. By the way, don't do that. Uh, to upgrade it just like to today, if I say something you don't like, <laughs> don't be quick to say that. Ah, I don't, can't believe that pastor said that. You just slow down and ask if, that, if the that, whatever the that is, came from the Lord. That wouldn't have been, that would have been smarter for Asa. Instead of getting mad at the seer, who's just delivering a message. He said he put him in prison and, and he was enraged at him because of this. And Asa oppressed some of the people at that time. So sometimes when people become disloyal and they do the wrong things, they get mad at everyone who calls them on it. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I want, to, I want you to notice this. How a loyal heart is defined. It is described here as those who rely on the Lord for help. When people have reliance on the Lord in their time of need, that is referred to as loyalty. Okay? In other words, it's possible for someone to come to church and be faithful in that regard, to, you know, give, to do other good things, godly things, but the loyalty 
that the Lord is looking for to show himself strong on their behalf, it is, it is defined and described by someone who looks to him when they have need. When they have a surmounting trouble, in this case, a literal army coming against the nation, he, he referred to Asa as, un, as disloyal. You went to the king of Syria instead of me. I take that personally. This is the Lord's response. You know me. I've come through for you before. What about when the Ethiopians and that huge army came against you? You trusted in me and I delivered you. And now, what? Now you're going to the king of Syria? And this was a problem. God was not able to show himself strong on behalf of Asa because he was not looking in the right direction. Hallelujah. You know, I've, I've been told about different parts of the world, some I've been in, but uh, specifically uh, individuals who've been to various countries in Africa, that sometimes there, because this is interesting because we don't have this challenge here, but they say sometimes there Christians are tempted with going to witch doctors for healing. To witch doctors. And it's very much a disloyal act to God. All right? And uh, I say, why would they do that? Well, apparently, these guys are getting some kind of results, at least temporarily. Satan's not a healer, but, you know, if he put something on them, I guess he could take it off temporarily. You know, it's all meant to deceive. But people go to, to, to these sources instead of going to the Lord. And maybe it's because the, the church has failed in teaching people how to overcome uh, physical ailments through, with the power of God that they're even tempted to do that. But that's a real issue. And I would just ask, how might that play out in our lives? In what way might we look to someone or something else instead of putting our trust in the Lord? Where we we would say, well, I'm still faithful to church or I'm still giving my tithe. But what? When trials come, when difficulties come, is it our trust in God that gets us through and gets us over? Or are we looking elsewhere? Okay, so, so again, think, Asa at one point was doing this well. He had this working. He knew where to go for his help. But somewhere along the line, he got off track. I don't know if he's goofing around and not reading his, his Torah anymore. <laughs> you know, I don't know what's going on, but some, some, something came up where he thought, well, I don't need to ask the Lord. I don't need to pray. I don't need to consult the prophet in their day. I'll just go to the king of Syria and that'll be the, the, the solution, okay? Just because we've believed God and trusted him and went, looked to him before doesn't mean we're still doing it. What's the encouragement? Keep going. <laughs> Continue on in this path. Now look at verse 12. And in the 39th year of his reign, Asa became diseased in his feet and his malady was severe. Yet in his disease, he did not seek the Lord, but the physicians. So Asa rested with his fathers. He died in the 41st year of his reign. So the implication here is that the physicians that he went to were incapable of curing him. They did not have the solution. And so why would he do this? Why would he look to the physicians instead of the Lord? Well, he obviously believed that they could take care of it. And he didn't need God in this situation. 
I don't need the Lord now. I've got these physicians. I'm going to let them do their, you know, their, their natural remedies and, and, and cure my disease. He believed that he didn't need God. Is that dangerous? Well, in some situations, it's deadly dangerous. Not all conditions lead to death. Not all diseases take people out. This one did. And sometimes where, where we might be misled is when we take care of everything that's non-deadly and we're looking to man, looking to humans' earthly solutions, looking, 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 and then finally something major comes against us and we're like, oh God. Well, we've trained ourselves not to do that. And now we're like a fish out of water. It's awkward. We don't know how to pray, really. We don't know what to say. We're not confident. We're not sure we're doing it right. Why? Because we don't do this in any part of life unless it gets so massive. Yeah. Amen. And Asa, what happened with him is he had gotten into a habit of looking to man instead of God when, when, when he needed help, and it eventually cost him his life. See, he used to look to the Lord, but then he stopped with the wars and then with his physical ailments. He was trained. Look to a natural solution. Look for someone who can fix you. You don't need God. That's, that's dangerous. Now, I'm especially talking about believers who know better. Yeah. If you're a Christian, this is a bad habit to get into. Okay? We need to train ourselves to look to the Lord. And I say train ourselves. We're tra you might already be trained. <laughs> but it might not be good. We've either trained ourselves to instantly first and only look to the Lord or we've trained ourselves to instantly look to a natural solution. Okay? And it's that default that we want to fix. It's that, uh, it's that instant blink. Now, now it's, this is not, I don't believe this is saying it's, it's wrong to use a physician, but never before or instead of God. For the Christian, we never replace God with a physician. We never are looking that way first. Come on, we, this is serious business. And God is a serious God. And why are we looking to second best or third best or fourth best? We should look to the Lord. Sometimes I call this the 911 mentality. Now, what, what is that? Well, we all know we have been trained in our country to dial 911, right? I'm not saying that's a bad thing uh, in general. I'm not against the, the 911 system. It, it can help, and, and, uh, but people have been trained. If there's an emergency, call 911. Got a problem? Call 911. Say, is there anything wrong with that? Well, listen, is that what this teaches? <laughs> is that what loyalty is? Well, only in emergencies, in small things, we'll pray. But in emergencies, in serious situations, call 911. I know this has got your gears a turning. <laughs> Process it with me and think, think about it. Do we look to the Lord except if it's an emergency? Hallelujah. If it's an emergency, forget about the fact that you're a Christian. Forget your connection with God. In fact, act like he's not real. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> Here's my point. If your first thought is to go to the ER, you should probably go. I, I mean that seriously. Our goal, though, is that that's not our first thought. That we are so trained and so God-conscious and have such loyalty to Him that if there's a, a problem, a minor problem or a massive problem, it's not first reach for the phone. It's first lift up our eyes to where our help comes from. Amen. And say, Lord, you're the source and strength of my life. How many know, even you medical people know this, you don't heal people. You doctors and stuff, you don't heal people. You may put the bones back together and do some good things and sow this and take this out, but you're setting people up so the body will heal, right? Because right? it's got to do its thing. Otherwise, people would go into, you know, go into the emergency room or go in for a surgery and they'd walk out healed. But what often, depending on the condition, there's weeks or months of recovery, and sometimes you know they're in, they're incapable of totally ha helping people. But because the body is is it, they're not the healer. I'm saying the Lord He made our bodies to heal, Amen. but the source of our of our of our victory always comes from Him. Amen. Everybody okay today? Yes. We want to fix our first thought. We want to repair our go-to, lest we be like Asa. And we're not loyal, loyal to the one from whence our help comes. Praise God. Now listen to these verses. I want to kind of give you a little arsenal, build your faith, help you to, to, to see God in a different light. Because remember, he's looking to show himself strong. He wants to fix it. He wants to put you over the top. Our part is to know about Him, His willingness, His power, His goodness. We've got to get our focus on Him. So listen to these verses and put them in your, your arsenal. Uh, 1 Corinthians 8, 6. Yet for us, there is only one God, the Father, this is from the Amplified, who is the source of all things and, and for whom we ha have life and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through and by whom are all things, and through and by whom we ourselves exist. Think now, God's my source. Philippians 4.19, Amplified, And my God will liberally supply, fill to the full, your every need according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Psalm 16 and verse 2 from the New Living I said to the Lord, you are my master. Every good thing I have comes from you. Hallelujah. First Chronicles 29 and verse 12. Both riches and honor come from you and you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand it is, it is to make great and to give strength to all. Verse 14, then in the New Living, but who am I and, and who are my people that we could give anything to you? Everything we have has come from you and we give you only what you first gave us. Listen to, to Psalm 34 and verse 10 from the Amplified. The young lions lack food and suffer hunger, but they who seek 
inquire of and require the Lord by right of their need and on the authority of his word, none of them shall lack any beneficial thing. And then lastly, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 and 18. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good, that they should be rich in good works and generous to those in need. Always be ready to share with others. I tell you, it's a theme throughout Scripture. Therefore, whenever you see something said loud and said repeatedly and said in various ways, know that there will be a temptation to do the opposite. There will, you understand what I'm saying? Otherwise, why are we told so frequently? If I have very little possibility that I'm going to do the opposite of this, one verse will probably do. Maybe a second just to confirm that it's true. <laughs> but when you see something stated again and again and again in Old Testament, in the New Testament, again and again that He is the source of every good thing and our help and our strength and our, our finances and everything we need comes from Him. That tells me not only this is a big deal, this is important to God, but it also tells me that if I don't pay attention, I'm probably going to put my trust in something else or someone else. I have the potential of being disloyal to my good, faithful, and most, most powerful father. And if I do that, I'm holding his hand back. He's wanting to show himself strong, but I'm pulling it back when I say, I got this. I'm pulling it back when I'm looking to the king of Syria. I'm pulling it back when I'm not trusting him or I'm saying, well, this kind of situation, this is different. This is beyond the Lord. You know, and some of us do this, right? We may look to the Lord for emotional help, but not financial help. We may look to the Lord for wisdom in our, you know, raising children. Uh, we, don't, well, we don't look to him when it comes to physical pain in the body. And we pick and choose. God, you can handle this, but not this. When you read the gospel, you read the scriptures, you'll find out that Jesus broke the curse of all of it so we could walk in the blessing. And it is our simple responsibility to be loyal to him, to look to him. And that means, it doesn't just mean I'm going to church again. No, it means when I'm hit, when I'm facing an obstacle, when there's a mountain before me, I am going to put my trust in him to get me over the top. Think about it, uh, you parents, if, uh, if your kids had some kind of, uh, faced some kind of tragedy, that you had the ability to stop or to get them over, but they never told you about it. And they went through great suffering and great harm and then told you after the fact. And you thought, seriously, you went all through that and it could have been avoided with I could have helped you. I could have, saw, I could have been there. We could have avoided so much of this if you would have just called and asked. I, I think about the Lord, if, that he, he might be that way at times. You guys are going through all this stuff. I have the answer. 
I have the solution. Now, now let, me, let me clarify this for a moment. I don't want to define looking to the Lord as a brief glance. My answer, back to my problem. Which might be a church service. We read the scriptures, we make the confession, we're praising God and celebrating and say, yes, God is there for me. And then as soon as we leave, we go back to our problem. In other words, it's not a 10 second seeking the Lord and then 23 hours, 59 minutes and 50 seconds we're spending truly relying on other sources. Think of reliance and loyalty and looking to God for help as a, as a pattern, a habit, something we may do for a season, but from a heart position, we always do it. I'm always reliant on Him, even though there may be seasons of prayer where we're really focusing and, and, and putting our confidence in Him. You see, when we fail to recognize God as our source, we are much more likely to believe that we are capable in and of ourselves to thrive without Him. And if we start entertaining that, now watch, we believe that. We start believing, I'm okay doing it my way. When would we believe that? Usually when everything's good, no rail of problems, everything's fine, and we start entertaining that thought. Oh, I'm good. And what happens? Our prayer life goes away for a day. And we're still good. My life is still good. I'm still pretty happy. Didn't lose my job. Still got the family. Still strong. I didn't even pray. It's okay. I skipped church because, you know, I was just goofing around. And I'm okay. And then we start entertaining. I'm still a Christian. I haven't lost my faith in God. I'm still, I still love the Lord. Wait, this is okay. God's okay with this. This is good. And a day, a week, turns into four years. Usually it happens gradually. Less and less and less and less. And we're fine. We think we're fine. But then some, at some point you get to a place when it dawns on you that you have been backsliding for years. And you didn't catch it. You didn't realize it was happening. You thought, I still believe, and you still believe in God, but your relationship with God is so dry. Your faith is so wimpy, right? Because the pattern, you've been trained. I'm okay by myself. I don't need to do these things. Before you know it, you're calling the king of Syria. Your feet are diseased, and you're not even praying about it. Come on now. That's how the, Asa got, he, he got into a habit of looking to others instead of the Lord, and it eventually cost him his life. I don't want to have those habits. I don't want to entertain the, the notion that I can cut off my communication with the Lord, you know, for a few days and everything's fine. It's not all fine. Not, not fine. I may not have lost my life or my livelihood, but I took a step the wrong direction. So what should I do? Uh, do I need, you just take a step the other direction again and say, I'm not going to allow myself to continue going down that path. Amen. Amen. It's like if you, if you, if you eat, 
you know, dessert. I like dessert. You may eat, you know, a nice good cookies and cream milkshake and say, man, this is so good. And I, I look in the mirror, I'm still the same size. <laughs> I thought this would like make me fat and it totally didn't. <laughs> Keep thinking that way. <laughs> I'm not telling you not to have the milkshake. I love the milkshake. But how many know if you do that every day, continually, eventually you're going to see it. You're going to go, oh, okay. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> it's not what we do occasionally. How I many know it's what we do all the time? And training ourselves to look to the Lord and rely on Him and trust in Him for being our source, that needs to be the all the time. Amen? And if you don't for a day, as soon as you recognize it, get back. Get back and say, Lord, I'm putting my trust in you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I believe as we do these things, the Lord will speak to us. In other words, when you speak, when you seek, He will speak. When you look to Him and say, Lord, I'm looking to you. You're my helper. You're my answer. You're my strength. You're my victory. I'm looking to you. Then, listen, then He'll give us direction. Hey, do this. Hey, say this. Believe this. Don't turn right, turn left. Then, when we look to Him, he guides us. And those instructions that we get when we look to Him are what put us over the top. Come on. It gives us that, that bird's eye view. And we're above the circumstance. We're above the storm. We're above the obstacle. Praise God. And He's moving in here today. Come on now. He's moving in this service. I'm so glad I came to service number two because woo, God is moving in here. And He's answering questions. He's helping redirect our, our thinking. He's helping us to see things so that he can show himself strong. Now, would you say this with me? Say, I believe, I believe that, God that God wants to show himself strong, to show himself strong on, my behalf. on my behalf. I will be loyal, will be loyal. To, the to the best of my ability. I put my trust in him. Trust in him. Amen. 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 And he's going to show himself strong in your life. Thank you, Lord.